Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Carl Mann and we are here once again to talk about the week's Apple and technology related news and opinions and, and whatnot else we, we, we stumble across. Join me again this week, Alan Vickers. How are you again, sir? Yeah, I'm fine, Carl. Thanks very much for the invite. Nice to speak to you again. Yeah, that's right. I, I can't tell if you're lying, see? Like, there's <laughs> yeah, no visual no video, cues for yeah. me. No, exactly. It's very hard. <laughs> Been up to anything fun over the week? Uh, over the week? I mean, what, what, how are you, how you um, experiencing your new fame, obviously? Uh, on the show? Oh, God, it's, it's been nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> the phone hasn't started ringing. <laughs> it's uh, no, no consequences at all. I've just been keeping myself busy, keeping my streak going on my Apple Watch and the health app, because I just checked the other day and I'm up to 80, 85 days today. Of getting all three rings, so I've become a bit obsessive, I have to say. See, I, I, oh, I was doing so well a little while back, and then I had a, I'm going to say an industrial accident where I threw my back out at work, and uh, that was it. It just went, and I just could not. And I thought I could still go for a walk, and every time <laughs> yeah. I did, I just felt like in pain at the end yeah. of it. I thought I can't do this, I can't do, it. and it just went, and I just thought, ah, stuff it. <laughs> but isn't it amazing though how how motivated you do feel to try even even when it's inconvenient or it's even going to hurt you you just feel the need to keep your streak going it's incredible sort of psychology really did you uh, have you um added anybody like you share with anyone yet no i don't do that um I, I could or you that. should you think that's motivating the circles <laughs> <laughs> do you get to see just the good stuff when they hit their their targets or do you get to see when they don't so, as well well, you, so if they do a workout, you, it says um, update and it tells you their workout and you can look at it and go, eh, okay, whatever, mm. right? Or sometimes, like my friend's, like Barry's wife the other day, she went out for a run. She's done a 12 and a half mile run. <sighs> and I just looked at it and thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even compete with that. I can't even walk 12 miles, let alone run 12 miles. <sighs> um, so yes, because she's literally got her watch um her apple watch 2 last week and that was the first one she mm. did oh dear so so i'm thinking i'm just taking my ball and going home now yeah she set a high standard there she would struggle yeah. to keep up with that i think exactly <laughs> that's what i've got to tell her i just do it with walking really that's what i do now but um, it's amazing how many calories you do burn walking if you if you put the distance in but I couldn't run. I couldn't run to save my life. In fact, I did a 5K for the first time, a 5K run as a test about a month ago. And I thought, oh, this is all right. I could do this again. And I haven't done it again. It just hurt too much. So <laughs> I'm back to walking. It does. Oh, yeah, it is, it is a nightmare. Uh, we had a couple of watch stories this week, actually. So firstly, um, a patent, a patent was uh, issued about maybe Apple doing a, a circular watch. I, I, I can't believe that they hadn't patented that beforehand. <laughs> I mean, who? why would you even think about doing a round? They watch? are so That's, innovative, aren't they? You've got to give it to them. crazy, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so there is a, <laughs> a possibility that mm. Apple might do a round watch at some point. I've got no problem with that. Um, uh, I've seen the Moto, is it Moto 360? Oh, yeah, the one with the flat tyre look with the circle yeah. that's chopped off at the bottom you don't really notice that to tell you unless someone as soon as someone points it out it's there you can't not yeah. notice it but before then you don't even notice it yeah um is it is the, the one i don't think i saw the latest one um but yeah i mean this, the circle design is fine as long as you've got well in their case cards that that work on that yeah on on that structure it's, it, it looks fine i mean I don't know. I mean, everyone assumes a watch to be circle anyway. It might be a lot more natural and uh, inviting product for people to use. If it's an analog watch face that's your preference, then it's perfect for that. But then again, that's the only thing that sort of requires a circle, isn't it, on the Apple Watch? It's about 5% of what you can do with it. Everything else is information that you would typically mm. see on a screen. So didn't they make a big a big uh, play on that when they launched the Apple Watch, that they'd looked at circles and it wasn't natural for a you know, a smartwatch, an information-providing uh, surface. Yeah. And so they went with the rectangle. Um, I never see how they spin I, that. Whenever I hear them say stuff like that, though, I just always go back to Steve Jobs going, no one would want to watch a film <laughs> yeah. or read a book on a, on a screen. And you think, yeah, but you just say, you're saying that now, but, mm. you know, that's just to, like, to, to hide what you're actually doing behind the scenes because, you know, that's, that's just 
their secretiveness. And so whenever, whenever I hear them say, like all the stuff recently about we're not interested in touch and stuff like that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I because, use um, uh, an analog face now on my Apple Watch most of the day, and um, but then there's still room in each of the corners, isn't there, for the, for the complications. So hmm. I suppose in this design, they, those complications might even be off screen, sort of thing, on, on the bezel or something like that, touch areas on the bezel maybe. Yes, yes. Now, now, in a terrible bit of timing, <laughs> IDC came out of a report saying that the watch is basically a flop because it had only <laughs> sold one million units. Um, of course, they don't have access to any of the, the actual channels, that, obviously the official channels, so they just make estimates based on various receipt sales and things like this. Mm. But uh, it did must have prompted must have really annoyed Tim Cook because he actually come out and said, no, this is one of the best quarters we've ever had. And yeah. uh, if he, for him to say that means compared to other quarters and the best quarter they've had so far is 4 million. So yeah. people were estimating at least 5 million. And I get, I can guarantee if that is the case, where, um, once the, the tech, uh, the, the people who don't like the Apple Watch and stuff will get hold of that figure and say, oh, it's a flop. It only sold yeah. 5 million. Forgetting, of course, that the good old Amazon thing, which I'm not going to say because I forgot to mute her before I came mm. on, <laughs> but sh that she sold, like that sold 5 million units in two years. But I would consider that a really good install base for what, for yeah. what, for what the um, – Amazon Echo is. I yeah. mean, I, love, I don't understand why why Apple is held to a different standard to every other tech company. It's just crazy to me. That's true. Everywhere you look, isn't it? Every comparison that's made, it is they are held to a completely different standard. Unfair as that may be. But I mean, in this watch business as well, the smart watch business, there's a lot of bad sentiment, isn't there? At the moment, a lot of analysts think the sector itself as a whole is going nowhere. But you know, I think I think the Apple Watch will buck that trend. It you know, it clearly is the highest selling of the of the. You know, the quality smartwatches. And I think this Christmas um, period is going to show that. Although Apple don't give numbers, do they? They just bundle it in with all those no. um, services and other things. But uh, if you've got someone who's a you know a family member or a friend who's a an Apple Watch owner, and there must be millions upon millions upon millions of such people, it's like a, a perfect gift, isn't it, as a companion for their phone? It's it's like it's a perfect holiday gift or Christmas gift, I think. It is since uh, Watch OS 3, because yeah. that is just night and day. The difference that made was just yeah. incredible. That's right. I still got the original Apple Watch. I didn't buy uh, the Series 1 or 2. And with Watch OS 3, this thing just its brilliant. I, I use apps now. I use apps as, as well as <laughs> the fitness stuff and the, and the timekeeping. Hmm. I mean, I, I do understand some people who, who have negative... Um, reasons for not having it like uh, it doesn't do anything it doesn't add anything yes and that's true that's true but then neither is tablet really i mean that was the, i mean that was a very similar argument of, that they made against the ipad and things when it first mm. came out it's just a larger iphone and and you know these things do take time to find their footing and find their niche and it will not be it will not be another iphone iphone was a one-off yeah. I doubt if we'll ever see that again in our lifetime in the amount of like its popularity and its sales figures and and yeah. and just the fact that that alone keeps Apple ticking over and becoming you know the one of the richest companies on the planet is that is that phone and there's just nothing nothing Apple could ever probably do again uh, you know never say never granted but I mm. can I I would be amazed if they ever get something even remotely close to that again yeah, you're right. I think their best bet at the moment is for to accessorise the iPhone, isn't it? Which is exactly mm. what the watch is. It's like the best accessory you can get for your iPhone. But yeah, there'll mm. be other Apple products that similarly depend on the iPhone or become better when uh, when they're used as a companion with the iPhone. They've got a hell of an installed market, uh, installed user base to exploit there. Yeah, well, I say I think people should look at it. They should look at the iPhone as the base model. You know, because people used to look at the Mac as the base thing mm. you know for grounding apple but no I, I think those days were over the iphone just makes them so much money and by 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 the sheer fact that it exists it also made a lot of other companies a lot mm. of money by the fact they copied it and and I, I know smartphones were out before the iphone came but there was a definite change in their designs once that that sucker landed yeah and you know you can point to I mean, there's that case, oh, God, that case going on with Samsung for, for backwards and forwards. It's just got chucked out of the court again at the moment because they say we're not paying that. The judges say you don't have to pay that much money. It was like 300 
odd yeah. million dollars. And it's gone back to a lower court now to get a different estimate. But yeah. <laughs> that was basically the first Samsung phone anyway, was an identical ripoff virtually of the original iPhone, not, and not just the design, because you know, but the yeah. whole icon base and it, all about icons look and, and stuff. Yeah, before the iPhone, I mean, their, their phones were clearly um, BlackBerry copies, weren't they? And then mm. all of a sudden, oh, overnight, yeah. you, you've got to give it to them. They, they work at speed. They copy <laughs> the iPhone really quickly. But I often wonder now, looking back, I mean, even if Apple did win this um, this judgment in the Supreme Court, or if it all gets backed up and they they get there, whatever it is, three hundred million, you know, is it really worth it? Because I get the feeling that no. Apple may, might have been better just keeping quiet about it. Because if, if Apple are seen to be saying, you know, you, you must ban this product because it's a copy of the iPhone, some people are going to think, oh, it's like the iPhone, is it? Oh, well, that's good then. I'll get <laughs> well, that. You've always, <laughs> always got that possibility. Um, they should have just stopped anyway, because I think bloody lawyers are making far too yeah. much money out of them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. God, dear, what a waste of money. All that, oh, well, I suppose those lawyers are going to have a very nice Christmas indeed. Mm. Oh, well. Well, also, Apple's in the news this week because apparently <laughs> of a letter. <laughs> it, it doesn't say much to get Apple into the news. Um, so someone apparently at Apple. Now, I say someone because I tried to research this guy who supposedly wrote this letter. And this was a letter about um, Apple being interested or, or giving their suggestions to the United States National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, yeah, Aha! or NHTSA, in short. Uh, and it was basically their views of how um, the various legislation should go ahead moving forward with automated cars, automated vehicles. And yeah. this was supposedly Apple's two pennies worth. But... You know, Steve Kenner, so, so apparently wrote this, Apple's Director of Product Integrity. So I, I put that in LinkedIn. No one comes up. I have no idea who he is. Everybody's mm. just, like, reporting on him as an actual he, – he, he probably is. I'm just saying I can't find any evidence yeah. <laughs> of, that, of that being the actual fact. Because most people who work at Apple are on LinkedIn. Oh. But uh, – I wouldn't know. Yeah. I'm not. I avoid that like the plague. No, that's, that's fair enough. But – um. I did. I did read all five pages of the diatribe that mm -hmm. <laughs> that Apple put in, and nowhere in it do I ever see them saying we are making a car. No. However, but, yeah, <laughs> every single virtually, and there's one or two exceptions. Uh, technology blog thing said this is confirmation that Apple are building, a car, including the BBC, mm. which is quite, you know. I, I hold them, you know, as the highest bastion of news. Maybe I shouldn't anymore, but it's 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 just the way I feel. But uh, yeah, so it is the biggest clue yet, though, isn't it? That they, I mean, clearly they are doing something in the automotive world. I mean, with the these hires they've been making of, of people who work in that industry and the, the buildings they've been buying that are you know big enough for test tracks and all, all that sort of stuff's going on. And all that stuff just about Sky Electrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, they did that demo, didn't they? Those toy cars in one of the uh, one of the yeah. keynotes a couple of years ago. That's just a really, really big track. It didn't work though, did it? Remember that demo? No, that's not a bad sign. It's a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what? I mean, I'd be very surprised if they didn't have this um, outlook on on when it comes to automated vehicles. Because what mm. they're basically listing is all the stuff that um, the, the various governmental factors should take into account for example they're suggesting and i'm sure google suggested something similar and, and whoever else is in this field like tesla is um companies share the test uh, the mm -hmm. crash and near miss data so everybody yeah. gets that information which you know perfect sense because uh, you want these darn things to be safe uh there's things in there about if they update the software within the car at the moment apparently they've got to go back and then get permission yeah. to take that updated software out on the road and they're saying like you, you could to 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 speed up innovation if you can just get rid of that, yeah. that section as well that isn't it true also that uh, existing car manufacturers have got some sort of fast track route to to their testing yes whereas newcomers like say an apple or or uh, someone that isn't currently in the car business um, has to go through a more stringent and time-consuming process and they want that yeah. to be equalized yeah. So again, it's a, it's just a case of um, if they did produce something, or if Tesla produces something, or Google produces something, they've got to go through a whole load, like 
meetings and surveys and all this before mm. they can go out. Whereas Ford just head on out there and and yeah. and start kicking butt. And you know, Ford have said by twenty twenty one, I think it is that they want to have automated cars out there on the road. I don't know about you, but I just don't see it. There's all this stuff going around in tech circles, which you know I'm plugged into tech circles. That's a lot of my career is based in IT, and all my interests are that way. And there's a lot of people who are optimistic about the future for you know automated cars and stuff. But I'm I'm quite sceptical about the whole thing. I can't see it. Certainly not in five years, maybe fifty years, maybe I don't know. But and I'm and I'm not even thinking. Uh, from a technology point of view because i think sure enough the technology the software the the sensors and all that is going to get better and better and better but i still think there's kind of there's there's surely going to be a lot of legal issues and sort of insurance issues and liability issues Hmm. because even if they they claim as they do that automated cars will cause fewer accidents which is what they say isn't it i still think there's a big difference because say at the moment for every every thousand crashes that have fatalities today let's say there might be i don't know 500 or even 200 if you like uh, when automated cars are around but the point is if those thousand crashes that have happened with those thousand court cases that will go on about who was liable and who goes to prison or who gets fined or who has to pay the insurance that that's like a thousand different individuals all being charged there but imagine if it was 200 reduced okay but then what if it's like bmw that are getting all 200 or apple getting all 200 court cases and you know liability claims and so on it's going to get ever so messy because if if you're sold a car um with the on, on the understanding that it will be able to safely drive its way through a town or a city or on a motorway or whatever it is and you trust it and it doesn't then who's to blame for that surely it's the supplier the people that, are, that wrote the what turns out to be faulty software or buggy software or whatever um it's not going to be you as the driver is it unless it's just a a really dumb thing like um like current cruise controls are for example like i've got a a cruise control in my car that just will just maintain speed without me having to touch any of the pedals but it's really limited use and i can't go and sit in the back and read a book while it's doing that i've got to sit in the driving seat with my hands on the wheel ready to respond to anything that's happened around me and as soon as i touch a pedal or the or the brake or yeah anything at all it, it cuts out and i'm back in control so this dream of um you know a self-driving car where you can sort of safely do something else and not pay attention. I think I think it's decades away. I really do. Yeah, I see. I, I used to I used to think the same way because you just look at you know I'm on the road all day long and I look at <laughs> real life situations and I mm. think no, this ain't going to work. But then you sort of it's it's a they're all chasing it because it's a massive potential cash cow for everybody imagine every single vehicle currently out there mm. at some point having to be replaced by either software or actual hardware i.e. in yeah. car i mean it is it is just everything a tech company can dream of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. every virtually every single human being alive and and the problem is is when we look at these situations as you just described we look at today's situations mm. and this is like that thing i went to a little while ago, what the, the futurist guy is, he says, yeah. you can do that, but then other people who are looking 5, 10, 15 years ahead are seeing the possibilities and the technology and it's growing. And a lot of the things that actually these cars will use exist today. They're out there. There's just a case mm-hmm. of having to pull them all together and then smart people writing software. And the only problem with that is the people who write software are human beings and they're totally fallible. So yeah, things yeah. can get wrong and bugs will. And that's why you have to have a situation where these are thoroughly tested. They travel for thousands and thousands of miles mm. and, and then you compare the data. And what, you know, what Apple's letter is suggesting is all this information should be shared by everyone because it's no good. It's no good BMW being the only car out there with an automated or Tesla, I should say, would probably be closer. Mm having an automated system when everybody else is just like flying around by the seat of their pants still. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, mixing with humans as well. Human drivers are still going to be there on the same roads. There will be that dodgy period where technologies overlap and Mm. that's a scary thought. Yeah, it really is. But then maybe, I don't know. See, it's the scarier thought after that because Mm -hmm. as you know, driving is, I've got to say unskilled, but you have to be skilled to drive, like drive a commercial vehicle, obviously, mm. or a public vehicle. Um, but uh, I, w- once you start getting into that automated 
vehicles and things like that, you, you, there is a potential there to make a lot of people unemployed yeah. very quickly. <laughs> yeah, sort of passenger service vehicles being driven automatically, a bit like trams, but with no no tracks. Um, yeah. And I suppose um, I've heard talk that they might trial, trial some of this stuff on uh, long-distance kind of haulage companies. Like you get these um, convoys of trucks all metres apart from each other, all, all mm-hmm. you know, being run by the software of the lead vehicle, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe that's the way it's going to start, with, with some sort of segmented area of the of the, the driving population being automated. But even so, I mean, you've got all sorts of issues. Like with the software, the software's got to make some really strange choices, hasn't it? There's those kind of um, philosophical problems that get talked about which is like you've got a situation where uh, the car has detected a problem you're about to hit a, another vehicle in front and the consequences to you and your passengers could be fatal um there's a way out but it, it involves swerving onto a pavement or into a bus stop where there are some people and you know how does it decide what's the what's the situation there with the the worst the worst consequence or the, the least consequence how does it decide based on numbers of people in each location or or, or what and and wh- whichever one you code up it's going to get challenged isn't it? as soon as it happens and it will happen it's going to go to court and then they'll be taken off the road because it's all kind of you know controversial about how they're being coded up i mean how do you i, I, I don't know. know i think i can solve that how's that random num- number generator we let god design decide <laughs> roll the dice yeah roll the alert, dice. Alert. that's basically dice what rolled. happens rolled. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what happens now anyway <laughs> yeah yeah God, yeah. I mean, you're right. Those those kind of questions are are totally. I don't know how you'd begin to program that sort of stuff into machine language. But uh, I mean, when know, a human leads- makes a decision like that, quick as you know, hmm. some sort of reflex happens. They make the decision. They take the consequences, don't they? They might get they might get charged for dangerous driving, and they might might end up in prison, or they might get fined. But if it turns out that it was a piece of software that did it by a supplier, and it's happened, you know, two hundred times across the world in the in the in a week, it's gonna you know, be pretty uh, serious for that company. Mm. Uh, there's, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I think the actual social implications are of uh, up the, the problem. Social problems are the biggest factor, not the technology in yeah, these things. Yeah, I think so. So, um, but that's that's what, again where, where you're going to end up with big tech companies with big pockets clashing mm. with politicians to push to through legislation that allow these things onto the road, yeah. and then. See what happens because I guarantee you know it'll be. Have you hacked this vehicle? Is someone else hacked this vehicle? Have you downloaded a dodgy bit of yeah, software? Yeah, exactly. You- oh, it's another layer of complexity, isn't it? Have you know you- that, that letter you talked about, the Apple letter. Did you notice how the, the very first time they used the phrase "automated vehicles" in the letter? There's a little footnote, and it's defined as uh, vehicles equipped with one or more systems that automate all or part of the driving task. So. And kind of trying to make it clear up front that there's a whole the whole spectrum of things that might fall under the the banner of automated vehicle, but I think mm-hmm. we're going to be at the you know the narrow end of that spectrum for a long long time, a bit like the uh, cruise control plus sort of thing. Maybe help you park, which cars do already, don't they? And that's good. That's a, a benefit and easy and safe, I'd imagine. Um, but I, this full autonomy thing, I don't really see it, and it makes me wonder about you know Apple's play in this in this area because they tend to try and look a bit further than other companies don't they in their innovation and there's been talk in the past that they're not just thinking of a you know an automated car that you might buy in place of your old car that maybe, maybe they're thinking about some sort of future transportation system where vehicles are a service like like taxis automated taxis that uh, when you need one it'll be on your drive and when you don't need one it's on someone else's drive and um you know that that's a completely different future isn't it better for the yeah. planet you would think and better for your finances potentially it, it it would require full automation, and there's so many problems with that. Again, the only thing I, I have a problem with them is, again, the social aspect, because mm. <laughs> you can have those cars, and they're lovely and stuff, but I just go back to some of the automated toilets in London. You do not <laughs> oh, yeah. want yeah. to go in some of these places because <laughs> other human beings have been in there before you, and they might not be such as particular, shall we say. That's true. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I wouldn't wish the insides of my car on anyone else, that's for sure. Oh, so it's, it's a myriad of problems. Um, I, I, I'm still quite bullish on the fact that they will get solved at some point because they will. I just, I, but I am more, more, more concerned with 
the um, implications about how it would affect the workforce. And there's another issue came up with this this week as well. Um, Amazon are about to open some automated supermarkets yeah. in, in, in America. Uh, I've got a quick advert here, so let's just play the advert, shall we? Four years ago, we started to wonder, what would shopping look like if you could walk into a store, grab what you want, and just go? What if we could weave the most advanced machine learning, computer vision, and AI into the very fabric of a store so you never have to wait in line? No lines, no checkouts, no registers. Welcome to Amazon Go. Use the Amazon Go app to enter. Then put away your phone and start shopping. It's really that simple. Take whatever you like. Anything you pick up is automatically added to your virtual cart. If you change your mind about that cupcake, just put it back. Our technology will update your virtual cart automatically. So how does it work? We used computer vision, deep learning algorithms, and sensor fusion, much like you'd find in self-driving cars. We oh, call no. it Just Walk Out Technology. <laughs> Once you've got everything you want, you can just go. When you leave, our Just Walk Out technology adds up your virtual cart and charges your Amazon account. Your receipt is sent straight to the app, and you can keep going. Amazon Go. No lines, no checkout. No, seriously. So there you go. That's, that's uh, something they're going to open, apparently, early next year over in the states and uh so that's it so now that's a, that a brilliant video isn't it it's, you've got to give them that it's a fantastic video it does it, does. Scenario, again, it illustrates it's really well done <laughs> it, do, it is absolutely but again it scares me because <laughs> you know i think how many people tesco's employ and stuff like this and you yeah. could be you could be like of the opinion well they have to get different jobs and stuff what where <laughs> yeah <laughs> no trolleys to collect anymore either put it in your yes. own bag and walk out yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I love it. I think Amazon are very all the stuff they do. I just wish they treat their workers. Mind you, I wish most tech companies treat their workers better. Yeah, because it's okay for the guys who design stuff and things like this, but the people who are either at the sales end or at the manufacturing, actual sticking things inside places or, or serving the customer, they're the ones that seem to just get yeah. treated like crap. And, also, um, I was trying to think about the yeah. You know, what is the innovation here? Because you got um. Tesco's and Sainsbury's and all those others have got those um, self-scan type things now. But the the problem with those is, I mean, I don't use those self-scan things, but I've seen people use them. They go around, fill their trolley up, and they scan each item as they put it in the trolley. But then when they get to the exit of the store, they've still got to go and check out. They still have to go to a till, still have to take it all out, scan it again. And every time I look at them, there's like a member of staff double-checking and searching through their bags, yeah. either because there's been a software issue or, or it looks like you know, they're under suspicion or something. It doesn't seem like a very nice experience at all. Well, I but think those what Amazon are... have done here is they've eliminated that part, haven't they? There is no checkout. Because they've got your payment details, which is the big win here, they, they already know how to charge you for anything you pick up because they've got your Amazon, your credit card details on file at Amazon. That's the key, really, I think. You haven't got to queue up or anything. So who, who could emulate that? I mean, Tesco, where I shop, they, they know about me from a club card point of view, but they don't know they don't know any of my credit card details. They couldn't charge me without me giving permission at the time through a till or whatever. Um, Apple could, couldn't they? I mean, if Apple could sell some some software like this to make, to any major supermarket, then they've got a the Apple Pay infrastructure is fantastic, isn't it? Um, but I wonder, I wonder if all the other supermarkets could emulate this somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, the whole process starts off with the woman uh, scanning her phone as she goes in, and it was only a, a, a like QR code mm. thing. So once she's scanned in, it, it's obviously tracking her. So yeah. I mean, Tesco's have cameras, got apps. aren't they? I do that now. Everywhere you walk in London, you're on film. So it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no privacy anymore. But uh, I, I don't know. I, again, it's uh, the video shows a, 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 a euphoric future, shall we say, yeah. where, where trendy people go shopping and there's no oiks 
yeah. the likes of me everywhere in these pictures. There's one person in that video stuck in the shelf, and they're so important you don't even get to see their face. You just get to see the back with the logo yeah. on. <laughs> so, so and the he'll be replaced by a drone is, soon enough, won't he? There'll be a drone fly yeah. through the door and restock the shelves. Probably, probably. Now, I, I know I can be accused of a luddite, and you know this. We this is the industrial revolution we've all been through this before but i don't know the industrial revolution to me seemed like we had jobs that were okay done by machines but then other jobs were created to to actually deal with those you know deal with the machinery and the fallout of that we've now living in a situation where it seems to me when every time technology adds one of these supposedly labor saving exercises it's just gone. The job yeah. has gone. It's not been moved somewhere else. It just vanishes. And it's always seems to be the blue-collar worker at the moment. He's, he was getting his butt yeah. kicked. Um, but, see, but I've noticed now a lot of other things are starting to come in and affect the white-collar workers. So we'll see if they're quite so happy <laughs> when their job starts going, disappearing. Oh, it's it's it's. See, I'm 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 torn because I love technology. I love the innovation of the world as we move forward. I love to see things, you know, progress and update. But at the same time, I want you know we we're getting more and more people on this planet, and they need to be taken care of. It doesn't, you know, yeah. Not everyone's a as as certain politicians say, it's a feckless liar, <laughs> worthless lie around. I said feckless there, by the way, just in <laughs> case anybody thought I swore. Um, and that's just not always the case. It's 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 it's. It's tough at the moment out there if you're just a, a blue collar worker. That's what I'm yeah. like, you lie about it. But uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what Amazon does over there in the States. Obviously, eventually, if it's a success, it'll eventually come over here and uh, we have an Amazon store and I'll use it because I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> so, you know, what can I do? I use, I use Amazon now. It's the most blinding service ever. And uh, the guys who turn up my door. Because I, I did look into it, and I think they get paid about 15, 16 quid an hour, but they've got to supply their own insurance and everything like that. Hmm. Um, but they're always friendly. Um, they always turn up in, like, mercs and things as well, and I think, bloody hell, what are you yeah. <laughs> perhaps Perhaps they are the white-collar workers that have lost their job, and now they have to do that to, to make up, you know, make ends meet. I don't know. So I've never used um, a home delivery service of any type, you know, even the um, the traditional supermarket ones. I just I just can't. It might be a bit weird, but I like going supermarket shopping. I just stick my uh, headphones weird. in. You are weird. a podcast and wander up and down the aisles. It's nice. I like it. It's therapy. <laughs> oh, dear. You're not doing it in your slippers yet, though, are you? <laughs> no. I've seen uh, pictures of people doing that uh, in, uh, in their pyjamas. I saw it today. I saw some guy walking along. Where was I? I was in Tottenham. And he's just strolling down the street in, in, in his dressing gown and slippers. Not a care in the world. <laughs> For what? Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. It takes all sorts, I guess. Uh what else have we got this week? Oppenheimer. So <laughs> So let's do the Apple is doomed part of the week, shall we? Uh <laughs> da, da. bloody hell, size is advert, I can't get rid of it. So analysts at Oppenheimer have said they fear for Apple over the next 10 years. Uh, we believe Apple lacks the courage to lead the next generation of innovation. In other words, uh, AI, cloud-based services, messaging, and instead will become more reliant than ever on the iPhone. Uh, we believe Apple is about to embark on a decade-long malaise. Uh, the risks to the company have never been greater. Mm. And again, if you look at things the way they stand today, yeah, I can, that, 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 that statement is pretty accurate. If you look at, you know, how Apple has been in the last few years, you can easily make that statement. But the point is, before the iPod came along, before the iPhone came along, before the iPad came along, there was no hints that they were about to invent this game-changing device. It just yeah. was out one day. Now, obviously, Steve Jobs was around back then, and I don't think people have the confidence in Tim Cook or, hmm. or to a lesser extent, John, Johnny Ive recently, as they obviously did in... in Steve Jobs, but yeah, I, I they probably could roll on the iPhone for the next ten years. And you know, if if that was if everybody else was innovating left, right, and centre, they would have a problem. But I just I seriously do not see it. I understand that other people have favourite phones and they've got features and things like this, but they're all if not not necessarily derivative deriv derivative <laughs> of of what Easy for you to does, say. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're also not game-changing. 
uh, changes and things like this. They're, yeah. they're just like messing around with the edges and things like this. And and I mean, this is why I'm not the CEO of a tech company, for example, because I lack the vision, obviously. Um, and most analysts do as well, from the looks of it. So. Thing is with Apple, there there, are, there aren't any clues, as you said, are there, about what the next big thing might no. be? And there've been a, you know, a few things since the iPhone that have been released that that came out with a bit of a bang, and and have since not you know not held the pace sort of thing, and uh, or not been as impressive or as game changing as the iPhone because <laughs> nothing ever will be probably. Um, so I suppose the people, analysts and so on, are getting nervous, aren't they? It's been a long time since the last major major innovation, and because you don't get any any whispers or clues out of the company no one knows if it if it's coming at all um but so, yeah, like you said you could run a slot like this every week every month mm. couldn't you there's always an apple is doomed um article to be read and um i don't know also this thing about it, their rivals i mean they are they are getting better aren't they they've had nine years now of, of iphone to um to be able to copy apple's approach and it is getting to the stage now where you can get really really decent smartphones for a fraction of the cost of an iphone mm. you know there's still a market for people that, that aren't interested in that and will always go for an iphone like to you and i and others i see the value in the iphone but you know imagine parents with two or three kids wanting to get phones and they look around and they see that they can get a an android based pretty good looking smartphone seems to have all the all the features and functions they need for like a hundred quid versus six or seven hundred quid for the iphone and it's sort of a no-brainer isn't it it gets to a level where you know the, the features and functions and benefits are good enough for a lot of the world and you don't need that extra value that you get from the innovation apple they're going to need to put into iphone 10 or whatever yeah. it's called next year so yeah, and the other thing of course we have to remember is analysts just want growth they mm. don't care if apple do well and stay flat doing well that's mm. no that's no good to them they're going to make no money doing that they need apple to grow to continuously grow yeah i yeah. would turn around and say to them well why aren't you putting your money in alphabet or why aren't you putting it in somewhere somewhere else i mean because why are you always putting it in the same place so to speak because that's all they seem to ever write about and i i have tried to look for more analyst stuff when it comes to alphabet and in other words google and uh you know various other mm. companies out there and it's just they just don't bother it's it's just crazy unless they are using it as a club to hit apple with that's the only time they mention yeah. it and it's and it's crazy and i and, and i keep going on about it i i don't think we should i don't think tech people should even bother with the financial you know mm. reports and things like this because it's got nothing to do with us it's it's like they they are seeing Apple not as fans of technology or anything like that, or of Google or anyone. They're not seeing any of those things. They're seeing them as a thing to make money out of, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And they don't care if they could produce the greatest thing. If, if Tim Cook come on stage on the 1st of January 2017 and, and said, this is the new thing and it's absolutely world-changing. The markets would say, yeah, yeah, he's a Tim, he's a saviour. He's better than you know Steve Jobs. He's been reunited again. The company's gone mad. One month later, <laughs> well, what have they done for us now? Yes. It's yeah. it's complete craziness. And and you know, I mean I, I I talk about it. I shouldn't talk about it. I talk about it because like various text blogs talk about it, and they talk about it to fill pages, yeah. I am sure. That's the only reason they talk about it. I know the the, the investor um, community is clearly quite different from the the kind of customer community. Although there's a lot of overlap, that there is some overlap in the middle there. They get some oh, sure. customers who are investors, but um, bad sentiment about about the stock does when it's when it's Apple based, it gets on the news, doesn't it? And it can create a leak over it, a sort of bad sentiment about the products as well or the company as well, can't it? It can tarnish yeah. their reputation. So. Which but I, it's I only Apple think, that when, gets that sort of press. Well, that's the thing. When, I mean, <laughs> you know, I from in the eighties or something. I remember watching Wall Street. I thought that was illegal because <laughs> you, you're sort of like priming the pump, like or or, or like rigging it one way or the other. Hmm. And of course, Apple very rarely come out and say this is complete nonsense. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I it, it, Perhaps it's just not as powerful as we think they are, these things, and, and the various agencies look at them and go, oh, shut up. Yeah. I wonder how many decades know. Apple could, could just coast on, though, even, even if the, the share price didn't grow again, even if the share price declined. You know, the products they're producing are selling, 
I know I know revenue was down for the, for the first time was it last quarter, but you know even if they stay flat or decline gently, they could probably run for decades on the level of profitability yeah. they've got and the amount of money they've, they they rake in each quarter. I mean, yeah, most companies. I mean, the Samsung, for example, it's like one of the biggest manufacturing companies out there. They had they had a terrible year this mm. year with their phones blowing up and stuff, but they're just going to they'll, they'll just write that off and carry on next year. They, I don't know if they're going to call it the Note, for example, <laughs> next year, but but people will come back. People will stick around because it's a product they love, they enjoy. If you know they don't like iPhones, fair enough. But if they like Samsung stuff, they're going to stick with Samsung stuff. Yeah, I know a lot of people who like iPhone stuff. They're going to stick. There'll be people out there who are saying, "Oh no, I'm not. My next computer is not going to be an Apple." Okay, because for every one of you, there's another person going, "Oh, stick of this Windows machine, I'm going to get an Apple." Yeah. It's just, it just, it, it just waves. It's just tides ebbing and flowing. Unless one of them makes a an absolutely gigantic mistake by either doing something completely absurd or saying the wrong thing, uh, and you know they get lambasted or protest. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see these companies are just so big now. I mean, I, you know. We had that little situation a while ago where banks were too big to fail. A lot of, I think, a lot oh, yeah. of these tech companies now are too big to fail. And you can point to Rim and various other people, Nokia and stuff, but I don't know. I think, I think they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately. And their market share was, they just got cocky and they just didn't innovate. They stopped. And that, okay, that could technically happen to Apple if they yeah. only had one product, which, they kind of have the iPhone, but I do not think there's anything else out there. Um, and if something did appear, they take note of it and and start developing because history yeah. is already, you know, we've run through history and they can see what happens because they were the ones that basically took out you know, BlackBerry and stuff because BlackBerry just sat there and went, ah, people don't want touch; they want keyboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, some people did, but not everyone. I wonder what the next truly revolutionary thing could be that Apple yeah, might be working on in their, in their labs. I mean, it's, it's always the case where if, if you can imagine it, if you can think of it, then it's, it's probably not it because they're probably thinking about something much more fundamentally uh, revolutionary than you can possibly think of. But I, th- I suppose they've, if they did come out with this um, rumoured uh, you know, Amazon Echo style device, uh, a, a Siri-based device for your home, um, coupled with the Apple ecosphere as they, as they call it it could be a really really powerful thing couldn't it if it integrates mm. well with your home kit stuff and your your iphone and your ipads and your apple tv and and your your cloud-based services and so on they've, they've got such a good powerful integrated ecosystem that maybe their play into that space could be more revolutionary than say amazon could manage mm. I'll tell you what, if I was in manufacturing and stuff, the thing I'd be terrified of, if one day Apple decide, okay, now we're going to go after the lower market hmm. and and then see what, I mean, I don't know what it would be, a low-cost iPhone or, or not a low-cost iPad. But if they suddenly turned around with their you know, the amount of stuff that they've got behind them, that war chest, I would just, oh, God, now yeah. what? <laughs> They'd probably that get taken be... to court over it, wouldn't they? Just like crippling the uh, competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's, it's scary. It's scary for for companies out there. I mean, look at poor old Pebble recently. Now it's official; they've been built up, bought up by Fitbit. Yeah. Um, you know, what can you do? It's just, I, I, sometimes it's hard to comprehend how big these tech companies are now. Yeah. Uh, they are just huge because we all band about numbers like billions of dollars and things like this, but we never think about what that actually means. It's mm. it's kind of absolutely terrifying if you actually think how much money they've got and how much control of us have they've got and how much information on us they've got. Yeah. It's, it's it's scary. It's difficult to judge how Fitbit are doing, isn't it? Because I think their recent sales figures have not been that impressive and their share price took a bit of a hit. But on the other hand, um, you remember when they first... Uh, decided they wouldn't wouldn't support Apple HealthKit. Mm-hmm. Um, they would go it alone with their own um, integrated back-end systems and so on. I thought that was a real mistake, and I thought they were going to suffer really badly because of that. But to be fair, yeah, they've, they've, they've just carved out a niche for themselves, haven't they, in that market? They are the low-cost, basic, fitness-based wearable. I mean, it's, that's synonymous yeah, with you, Fitbit now. You don't have to be Apple to win. That's, no. you know, that's, that's the mistake I think a lot of people make, especially these analysts. Like Google doesn't have to make as much money as Apple to win. 
It doesn't happen that way. They, as long as they make a successful product that keeps them in profit, they've won. Yeah. There's no need to be Apple. I mean, even if Apple get knocked off whatever supposedly top perch they're on and they go down a few rungs, as long as they still make money, they don't care. Yeah, I mean, you know, their 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 stock price might go down, but then that will help them just buy more of their own stock back and make themselves a private <laughs> yeah. company quicker. So they're in a win win situation, as far as I can see. Did you see that story this week as well that the the Nokia brand is going to come back because uh, Microsoft <laughs> have licensed it back <laughs> to some of the original Nokia management team back in Finland? So they sort of bought they bought Nokia completely and utterly destroyed it by trying to put Windows Phone software on the on the hardware, which was a real flop. And now they've um, sold the brand, or they've licensed the brand back and some of the patents back to a company in Finland again. So I think we're likely to see Nokia phones again. I think the rumour was they're going to be Android-based. Well, that makes more sense. I mean, I thought apparently there was nothing wrong with Windows Phone. It's just too late to market. Mm. So maybe if they're putting Android on, they might... Well, they're definitely going to have as fair enough shake as everybody else in, in, in that. I mean, unfortunately, Samsung basically seems to dominate that market the android market yeah but then how long is that going to last because google and samsung do not appear to get on they no. both seem to loathe the other one's product interacts with their their own product it's, yeah. it's insane, insane you know? and nokia had a really good reputation didn't they for their brand so they just had a good chance in that market i think hmm. but yeah i mean i mean thing is it's getting on now i mean i remember nokia you remember nokia hmm. about the utes Mm, yeah, they won't know what Nokia is <laughs> unless they watch the Matrix. Oh yeah, the flip phone thing. Product placement in that was unbelievable, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of product placement, right? Okay, I've got. So I watch a lot of American TV. I normally like use a VPN to get through to their various TV sh- uh, channels over there, so I can watch. Yes, I know it's a bit of a grey area. <laughs> I, I'm calling it grey area. Right now, I'm going to play you two clips from two popular shows on ABC. I want you to tell me if you afterwards if you can spot the product placement. Right. Okay. The first one is quite short. You guys have it too easy nowadays. You can just lay around eating snacks saying, okay, Google dim the kitchen lights. Sure thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. Okay, Google. Show me a video of a kangaroo playing badminton with a pirate. Sure. Playing on YouTube. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was Modern Family. Uh, can you spot the product placement in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just fired off a few um, OK Google queries in, in some of your <laughs> listeners' phones there. Good point, yeah. So that's a damn <laughs> advert, isn't it, for the uh, Echo? Right, OK, and here's the second one. This one's a bit longer. Um, I wonder how much this cost. What do we actually have for the Microsoft presentation? Nothing. We're not ready. Oh, my God. Okay, guys, we have got to wing it. We cannot wing a presentation to Microsoft, man. You better ask for an extension. I can't. I spent the money on jet fuel. Look, we're going to be fine. Everyone just remember what Snow J. Pimpson taught you. Tell what the hell are you talking about? Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. Good hey. morning to you, lassie. Oh, for God's sakes. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have for me today. Yes, we have an amazing presentation. This is for, as you know, the Microsoft Surface, which is a laptop, amazing, Mm -hmm. incredibly powerful machine. And Josh, you pick it up. What? Uh, Yes, it has a screen. And it comes with a pen, which does pen things. (laughs) Okay, Kelly, you know what? No more BS. Cards on the table. Mm -hmm. We had an amazing presentation ready for you this morning, but then... We got a bomb threat from the North Koreans. We lost power. Please we- stop. Yep. Okay. I'm afraid this isn't going to work, you guys. Hold on. Wait. Wait a minute. Um. Yes, we stopped doing work for days, but that is what's great about the Surface, Kelly. It allows you to do everything. The Microsoft Surface. It's what you work on, even when you are not doing work. Hmm. Hmm? You've got to be kidding me. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I swung for the fences. Listen, guys, if you're not going to be able to focus, I'm going to have to rethink this entire relationship. Oh, oh Kelly. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> what on earth is that from? That was from uh, a comedy show called Blackish, which I, I quite enjoy, actually. And because uh, it's because I normally watch these shows and I. I, I 
you know, they're always using technology. For example, there was a there was Modern Family itself uh, a few years ago. They had two famous episodes. There was the one when the iPad launched, and the whole episode was them trying to get around to try and find the dad uh, an iPad to get it on launch day. Uh-huh. Um, and there was another one um, a few years later where the entire show was them using FaceTime to, ha- to basically do the whole show. It was like everybody was being called on FaceTime on iPhones and stuff like this. Um, oh, I read about that one, yeah. Yeah, that got a lot of publicity, didn't it? It did. So, I said, uh, but seriously? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're both playing. There was a lot of like stuff made out of those last two, the, the iPad one and the FaceTime one. Um, but Apple never pay them anything apparently they no, just they don't, supply they? They just... them the stuff but yeah. at the end of this one it did say it's a kind of funded by microsoft <laughs> and i just thought wow that was um, cringy okay. that last one wasn't it the second one was terrible yeah. it was like one of those awful microsoft adverts where they talk about you know you, you can't do that on a mac even that when you can <laughs> that was why it stood out to me it was just so blatant and like all the way through it there was posters on the wall they were using their pen to interact and stuff and that's fine i've got no problem with them like saying this is what the surface can do but I, they should be in the adverts, <laughs> not in the yeah. actual show content. It was yeah. it was the most blatant thing I've ever seen, um, and 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 it was obvious. It was so obvious. There, I yeah. used to watch a show called I used to watch the remake of Miami Vice, uh, not Miami Vice, um, Hawaii Five O, and there, <laughs> there was a couple of episodes again because they were also had a product placement from Microsoft and it was shortly after the surface come out. Uh, and the whole thing was when they're trying to detect, they're trying to chase after the guy and watch him on security cameras and stuff. There's this whole process where they pull out the surface, they'd fold back the flap, but they put the, the clip stand thing on, put it on. The, and it was so like, here's a bit of surface porn for yeah. you to look at. Kickstand. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, I mean, maybe this is what we're going to end up with. Um, product placement in in all in everything i just hope i don't mind product placement i just hope it's not as blatant as that there's an awful lot of apple stuff isn't there in in big hollywood movies and a major tv series and so on everyone seems to have a macbook with the um the glowing apple logo on the back or they put a logo they put something over yeah they do tape it over which makes it even more obvious doesn't it (laughs) because they would tape over an hp logo Oh dear! Oh well, bless them, bless them. I know it's on Coronation them. Street because I'm a bit of a sucker for uh, for soap. Uh, on Coronation yeah. Street, most of the phones are Windows phones for some reason. They, they have been for years. So I wonder how much Microsoft are paying for that, and and why are they still paying for it? It's pointless. Exactly. Exactly. It only sticks out because it's weird. Yeah. I say. I mean, if every, if there was a, a a selection of phones, you can understand it. That's more real life. What am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Eastenders or whatever. It's real life, anyway. But. Uh, yeah, well, I noticed. I see. Did you see this uh, report about the the British police having a unique way of getting into an encrypted phone, iPhone? <laughs> yeah. Yes, by mugging the person. Yeah, just get physical. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. So apparently, they were after a criminal who was uh, selling fraudulent credit cards and stuff like this, and they knew a lot of the information that they needed on him was on his iPhone, uh, and they also knew if they arrested him. They couldn't. They they didn't have much chance of getting permission to go through his phone. Yeah. So they mugged him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while he was on the phone. Someone, two officers, apparently ran up to him. One restrained him, and the other one nicked his phone off him and kept it alive until they could get the information they wanted. Of yeah, him. kept swiping that the is, screen backwards and forwards to make sure it didn't that is, go. Exactly. That is British ingenuity. It is. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, I've got no problem with that. Because it's not fishing; it's they had a suspect. They knew he was a wrong one. Exactly so, yeah. And they had to get the information of it. You know, it hasn't endangered the rest of us by putting a stupid back door in or anything like that. Yeah, that's it. In a nutshell, isn't it? It wasn't like general purpose surveillance that could be abused. It was like targeted suspicion of a particular person, and they found a way to um, get his phone in a way that they could still get access to the data. You see that they also considered. Um, forcing him to use his thumbprint to open up um, Touch ID, yes. but they they uh, took advice and found out that was illegal. <laughs> so they just had to nick his phone. Which instead. made me think, what did the judge say? <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to do what? You want to stick his thumb where? No, his thumb, his thumb touched the button as he fell down the stairs, my lord. That's it. <laughs> oh, it actually then he fell off and <laughs> we picked it up and put it on. Anyway. 
Uh, well, well done, Bobbies. All I can say, well done. Well played. Uh, 4K seems to be getting into the news this week. Uh, firstly, we got Google, who are now starting to push out 4K versions of top-tier AAA films, apparently. Uh, I don't think we're getting them in the UK, as is always the case. Um, at least I couldn't find any. But they are certainly coming out. Such films include uh, Captain Phillips and Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. or 2016 Ghostbusters. Is that a triple-A film? I'm not sure. Uh, um, no, it's quite good, actually. Uh, a lot of weird controversy around that film yeah. for some reason. <laughs> uh, apparently, these are going to be about 20 quid, $20 uh, plus. Uh, and I, th- I think it's good. It's a good move. I mean, 4K is becoming more prevalent it is it just reminds me of that time when we went from 720p to 1080p mm. you know from normal from standard def and there was that there was that long drawn out period i think the cell from from standard def to to hd to now ultra hd i think the, the from from standard def to hd was an easier cell than from yeah, <laughs> hd yeah. to uhd because it's but once you do see 4k in a set set up properly, not in some not you go into curries and things like this, and the settings are so high, yeah. so you know everything is racked up to the top. Yeah, they're all set they to look, like vivid or something, aren't they? And yeah, garish. I know, and that used to be how you sold TVs in these situa- in in those. You know, you had to differentiate your set amongst all the rest. So mm. they normally had a showroom room setting, and they've still got them you know, somewhere hidden in the, the menus. But uh, I don't know. I think if you go for the more natural look, they look so much, so much better. Yeah, um, I agree. No, no doubt. I think 4K is definitely not- a thing in it. I mean, I, I could consider myself buying a 4K TV, whereas there's no no way on earth I was ever going to buy a 3D TV. No. no way at all. Total dead no. end. And certainly yeah. not a curved TV. I don't, no. <laughs> well, doesn't make any sense at all. I think, how on earth did they ever think those were going to sell? Although they do, don't they, bizarrely? Yeah, but I, 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 I don't, th- I don't know what people are getting out of it. I don't know. Perhaps it's just one person families and just yeah. sitting in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but even then, it still looks weird. I mean, if you're watching, say, a football game, why would you want to watch it on a curved surface? I want to, <laughs> I want to imagine I'm looking through a window in a box at the ground. You know, and that's a, a rectangle, nice, perfectly flat. But if it was 4K <laughs> uh, and it was high high frame rate, and um, you know, yeah. there was no blurring and all that, that'd be great. Although yeah, my TV's, I've got a 42 inch TV. It's just HD, and it, I watch it from about maybe three meters away. So I don't suppose I'd see any benefit in 4K, to be honest, uh, at that sort of distance. You'll be surprised. You will be surprised how much you difference. Because I've got, I went from a 42 to a 48 inch screen, and I sit, I sit. What I got to be about 12 foot away from the actual screen, mm. and and it was instantaneously different. I mean, mm. it was like night and day. It was quite shocking. Um, fortunately, this one that I've got. Uh, who is it? Oh, it's a Panasonic one. I got it on a deal from Amazon, and and fortunately, it's one of the sets that can take advantage of this test footage being pushed out by the BBC on their iPlayer app. Ooh, uh, and it looks stunning. This 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 natural. So it runs for about six minutes, and there's two scenes. Uh, one is like a cheetah stalking some prey through some reeds and jumps in the river yeah. and misses. I don't know, all these things just go hungry on BBC documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who looks skinny and fed up most of the time. Uh, and the second one is a load of insects being hit by water and stuff like this. And, okay, obviously, to start off, I had a bit of streaming issue because mm-hmm. Virgin Media in my area is just being a pain in the butt recently. I don't know why, but it used to be absolutely faultless. But now every night about five o'clock, it just plummets. <laughs> It's weird. But the picture that the BBC are pushing out is just spectacular 4K, and it's HDR as well. So uh-huh. you've got the extended um, colour gamut and stuff like this on it, and it looks absolutely stunning. And I paid, I think it was 700 for this set, um, which is a lot of money, granted, but um, I knew that I'd be having this for a very long time because yeah. there's no need to upgrade again for hopefully about 10 years. But, it, you know, 4K is making more of a dent now and it's good that companies are looking and developing 4k yeah. but guess which one isn't <laughs> don't know samsung no they are apple 
Apple, Apple. still no word about their 4K. Oh, yeah, the Apple TV, of course. Yeah, it's just standard HD, isn't it? Yeah, standard HD. Now, they Mm. are the way they're supposedly looking at being competitive in this market is they're going to try and get... Let's stay with Apple because the company is impressing Hollywood students. Oh, no, that's the actual video. Um, So they're going to try and get releases from Hollywood within a few weeks of them going live in, in the cinemas. Yeah. Uh, and they think they're going to be able to hopefully charge. This is a rumor again, so I guess I should do this. So, so they're going to supposedly charge between twenty-five and fifty dollars for these these movies. Mm. Um, now you say that you say you, but you think about it, right? I'm about to go and see in a couple of weeks Rogue One. Yeah. Now, for my ticket alone, is fourteen quid. Yeah. Right. So if you're a family, if you're a family, so 14 quid for the adult, uh, say you've got three kids or whatever, two kids or whatever, uh, about, I don't know, 10, eight, eight, 10 quid for them. Uh, then, of course, they never want to go past the concession stand. So you've got to buy them popcorn and a fizzy drink and, and God knows what else and whatever little toy they've got on offer. Um, $50 might be cheap. <laughs> yeah, it would, especially to avoid that family and their, their sweet eating kids in the next yeah. seat to you. That's that's now, I don't enjoy going to the cinema at all because of that. I mean, you have to, though, don't you? Because that's the only place you can see certain films uh, for a few weeks or even a few months sometimes. So yeah. this could be a winning service, and it will have a, a price that will make people want to see the value in it. I, don't, I mean, I'd much rather see a film on my own TV in my own living room than have to go out to a, a multiplex with a load of other people who don't focus on it as much as I want them to. <laughs> you anti-social person, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I suppose they, I mean, the theatres are not going to like this at all, are they? Because they they make a lot of their profit on those concessions. Yeah, um, absolutely. In fact, currently, currently, uh, some some, uh, cinemas chains now, they boycott certain films because they think they're released too early. Mm. You know, previous content has been released too early, so they boycott new stuff. Um, But that's a slippery slope to ruin as far as I'm Mm. concerned. So the product that you need to survive you're cutting off in spite of your face it's 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 weird i mean there's always going to be a section of society who likes to go to the cinema but it's it's i like i say i don't think it's a very nice experience it's great when you're in there and everyone wants to enjoy the movie but all it takes is a few people to start making noise or start talking or bloody phones going off or not even phones going off just people opening their phone and suddenly in front of you there's a big glare yeah. of their, as their phone becomes active um not even counting all the hassle it takes to actually get to the cinema find a parking space get home from the cinema again yeah. it's it's all a bit of a night i'll gladly pay um 25 or whatever to see a, a, you know a modern day movie straight away like doctor strange now for example but of course the problem is uh and i think there's no way around this is they're just going to encourage piracy well, yeah, because you can control the environment at home, can't you? Stick exactly. a camera in front of your TV. Exactly. You haven't got, you haven't got any people's heads in, in the lower third of the, the picture. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, you know, it's the old, the old, the old thing. If, if you make something cheap enough and available enough, I think that's the best deterrent for piracy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make, if you can see, you know, if you go to the pub and some guy comes in with a load of dodgy DVDs and he's selling them for a fiver, if you are yourself selling that same product for a fiver, they can't compete. Yeah, that's always the best so, way to combat piracy, isn't it? Just make it make it nice and easy and convenient for me to actually buy it, and I'll buy it. And iTunes bears that out. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to music, like, because you know, I was, um, I did <clears throat> occasionally use Napster for things, and, and but once. Once iTunes came along, I just basically bought what I wanted, and now I don't even buy anything. I stream everything, so they've got my money every single month. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You know, I don't. And if something comes out, there's still a few holdout artists. If they come out, I just don't. I don't listen to their stuff because I don't care. Because there's enough other stuff out there for me to listen to. Fortunately, I don't worship anyone that much anymore to me oh my god i must listen to this latest album or stuff yeah did you see that um neil young caved in didn't he a couple of weeks ago and made all his stuff available on streaming again because he famously took all his his music off of every streaming service and then he created his own his own music service didn't he a high fidelity pono Pono, yeah and his own player Mm. the little triangular toblerone shaped player which presumably is a 
flop. It can't be anything else, can it? So he's now decided it's wise to put all his music back onto all the streaming services. So is it a flop because it only sold five million? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Somehow doubt that. But uh, okay, I think that's pretty much it for this week. I, I think I hit, we hit all the stories there. Hmm. So I would just like to thank because this episode has been funded through Patreon by two wonderful people, Alex G. Fox, who has basically funded this entire month, and I'm very, very grateful for him to f- for doing that. And uh, also our first. Our first shout-out funder, Teresa Hummel. Thank you very much for funding the show. If you'd like to join them, if you could head on over to our Patreon page. Link is in the show description. Uh, there's a little video, introduction video there, and uh, you can pledge as much as you want. But the suggested ones are $2, where you'll just get a, a thank you and access to everything I post over there, or you'll get the shout-out um, donation, which, is, which you'll get a call-out on the show, and then I will play you this. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. I may sound awful Dutch, but my delight is such. I feel as if a losing war's been won for me. And if I had a flag, I'd hang me flag out to add a sort of final victory touch. But since I left me flag, I don't, I'll simply have to say Thank you very, very, very much Thank you very, very, very much <laughs> There you go. I can see you from doing wonderful... a Cockney walkabout around your bedroom there. That's, it, from the, that's from the wonderful Scrooge film, uh, the musical version. Uh, very apt for this time of year. So thank you once again, Alex and Teresa. If you'd like to like, say, if you want to uh, help sponsor the show, please head on over to Patreon and drop us a few shekels. We'd be greatly uh, appreciative. Uh, what else have we got? So, reviews. Now let's move on to reviews. We had a review this week. Actually, it came in the other week, but I um, obviously missed it on the iTunes library. So here we go. This one's all the way from Australia, uh, from Drop Bear. Thank you very much, Drop Bear. Sent on November 22nd. Being Australian, this podcast is easy to listen to. It's because it's in English. <laughs> no, sorry, no, you're joking, joking. None of the off-putting vocal fry of many American tech podcasts, and it's politics-free. Well done, and thank you. Love your work. Thank you very much, Drop Bear. Much appreciated. Indeed, thank you very much. And if you'd like to uh, head on over to iTunes and and, and bash us out a review, be gross, most gross, <laughs> most thankful for that as well. Uh, and obviously, we read them out on the show, even the bad ones. I only had one bad one. I don't, I'm not encouraging you to write bad ones. I'm just saying I've only had one that I'm aware of. Anyway, so uh, thank you very much. So, Alan, thank you once again, sir, for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the invite. No worries. Uh, we'll have you on again soon. Uh, hopefully, I'm not going to say what it is, but hopefully next week we've got something special lined up. But I do not want to jinx it by saying what it is. Because I'm all excited now. If, <laughs> if you promise something and then it doesn't turn up, then you think, oh, God, now I can't deliver on it. So I'm not saying, but hopefully next week will be a bit of a special show. But we shall see. So, Alan, where can people get hold of you, sir? Um, Storm Gorelli on Twitter. Good stuff. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, or you can go through Twitter at Mac and Forth, or you can send us an email um, in a, to uh, sorry Mac and Forth at Gmail dot com. Uh, I'd like to hear any of your questions or feedback. Love to hear them or your opinions on any discussions uh, we share today on the actual show. So I think that's pretty much it. Until next time, all I have to say is stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye. Bye.